Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. We will never experience what God had in mind when he ordained marriage if we do not communicate with each other. These are the words of Gary Chapman, author of Covenant Marriage, Building Communication and Intimacy. Communication leads to intimacy and involves self-revelation by one partner and listening by the other. It involves sharing thoughts, feelings, experiences, values, priorities, and judgments. I did a series on communication, so with this book, I will try to share some nuances of communication that we might not have shared in the past. Did you know that 86% of divorced people will say their marriage failed due in part to deficient communication? This topic is always worth talking about, so let's communicate. What are some good ways to enhance communication? First of all, in a world where people claim they are overly busy, you can start with a daily sharing time. Build it into your life as you would your exercise or workout time. Set some time aside, and it doesn't have to be the same time every day, but you can carve out some time where you'll sit down and look at each other. You could start off with sharing three things that happened to you during the day, how you felt about it. This is a way to help with the self-revelation so that your partner can see where you are emotionally. That's the thing, sharing yourself emotionally so that you can build understanding. As a reminder, four pitfalls in communication include seeking peace at any price, blaming your spouse, trying to persuade your spouse to be reasonable while ignoring his or her feelings or ignoring something thinking it will go away. We all have to be on the lookout for putting thoughts or words into our partner's mind. Don't assume or project. Sit down and imagine you have a blank canvas and allow your spouse to paint that canvas rather than guide or lead him or her to a place you're comfortable with. Let's go over five levels of communication and keep in mind you want to get to the fifth level in order to build a deeper level of intimacy. The first level is hallway talk. How are you? Fine. Second level is reporter talk. Just give me the facts. Third level is intellectual talk. Do you know what I think about that? Fourth level is emotional talk. Let me tell you how I feel. This gets into a little more vulnerability when we share how we feel because it's private. It's harder to share feelings than thoughts because you don't know how your spouse will react. They could respond with anger, hurt, rejection, making you inhibited to share in the future. Thoughts can camouflage feelings, so this is a deeper level than level three, intellectual talk. It's safer to discuss what we think. Level five is loving, genuine truth talk. Let's be honest. You want to be honest, not condemning, open by not demanding. You want to allow the flow of freedom between the two of you to think differently and to feel differently. This can take effort, patience, and time. I noticed in my earlier years of marriage that my husband and I we're both opinionated and sometimes our dialogue would be aimed in the direction of convincing each other to agree with our different points of view. 
It took a while for us to establish respect and space to express our different opinions and to allow our differences to be accepted or allowed to exist. You need to establish an atmosphere of safety so that you are free to express and not fall into pitfalls I mentioned a few minutes ago. Do you remember the pitfalls? They include seeking peace at any price, blaming your spouse, persuading your spouse to be reasonable, and ignoring something, hoping it will go away. When we get to this fifth level, which is loving, genuine truth talk, we are revealing the desires of our heart. We need to add that it's important to be true to yourself by integrating our emotions, desires, with intellect and will. We should not be run by our emotions, nor run strictly by our intellect. Throughout all of this communication, let's be reminded about the purpose of marriage, and that is to encourage each other to become all that God wants us to be. Chapman agrees that a couple with goals and a plan will accomplish more growth in life in all areas than a couple who goes with the flow of life. He says we should pursue activities that build marriage and family relationships and that we need to avoid the temptation to fill our time with busyness. We shouldn't fill our time with activity, but be focused on meaning and accomplishment. Have you ever stopped to think that your time is about to be taken up by some commitments you made in the past? You constantly make decisions for your future. As I was raising six children, I was always aware of trying to not overcommit myself or fill up the white space on my calendar with a long list of things to do. I tried to guard my time and my family's time for living in the present moment and not having so many obligations. We won't go over this here, but in the book, Chapman shows how you can get a hold of your time with some good techniques. It might be a good idea to talk about our differences. Sometimes differences split apart a couple and make communication difficult. It's said that opposites attract. How about a spender being married to a frugal partner, a neat nick and a slob, a morning person paired with a night owl, a quiet husband and a talkative wife, organized person and a spontaneous person. How about a planner and a reactor? What about a logical, analytical person paired with an intuitive person? And the list goes on. What we are looking for is unity, not uniformity. Jesus had 12 apostles whom were all very different. God's design for marriage is that we become one but not alike. We can complement each other to strengthen our effectiveness in serving Christ. In a marriage, it's helpful to have similar worldviews or similar primary values in order to feel like you're progressing in the right direction, but it's not imperative. The question to ask is, what differences are troublesome for you? Recognize your differences and allow each person to utilize his or her unique personality for the benefit of the marriage. As we talked about in various episodes, male and female bring different qualities to a marriage. It's our job to integrate and blend them through teamwork into a special relationship. As we build an intimate marriage through communication and intimacy, we need to take a few moments to talk about a few barriers. One of those is defensiveness. 
The purpose of defensiveness is to protect and oppose. We know defensiveness is a barrier to constructive communication because it stops communication. A person's self-esteem is threatened. Emotional hotspots are avoided. Defensiveness is most likely not a reasonable response, but an involuntary, reactionary, knee-jerk response. You can find clues in someone's past history. The greater the defense, the more deeply one's self-worth was damaged or threatened. We talked a little bit about defensiveness in episode 56, which was the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Another barrier is unresolved conflict. This was talked about in the communication series, and I have some information in the resources section on my website, marriagecoachlynn.com. This is when a couple hasn't reached a solution. Heat intensifies to the point where a couple stops talking. Conversations are dropped and withdrawal takes place. I want to remind couples that if you find yourself with a lot of unresolved conflict, it is no occasion for divorce or resigning yourself to a life of misery. Rather than conclude that you married the wrong person or blame yourself for getting into a big mess, always seek to understand specific events and specific triggers. Don't make broad generalizations. The road to growth is one step at a time. If both of you are willing to take a look at yourself and work on self-improvements, that will go a long way. Please don't fall into a pattern of withdrawing. This is unfair to your partner and usually causes defensiveness and contempt. You will end up in a middle-aged malaise situation, paving the way for estrangement and in some cases, emotional or sexual affairs. Do you know what else can cause communication breakdown? And I'm not sure if we mentioned it in other podcast episodes. That is physical deprivation. This includes sleep deprivation. Entangled in sleep deprivation can be weight gain and hormonal imbalance. So try to get a handle on getting enough rest. Babies, young children, and a stressful work schedule contribute to sleep deprivation. Hopefully, this is only a temporary stage for you. Severe illness and when things aren't going well in your life also have an effect on your attitude and communication with your spouse. Be aware of this if your spouse is particularly stressed. Let's talk more about intimacy. Intimacy is not sameness or losing individuality. Our uniqueness and separateness make intimacy possible. We want to explore and discover the excitement of our beloved. We want to develop a kinship and closeness with our spouse. Young newlyweds sometimes make the mistake of thinking that you have to be alike and have to have a close relationship, but we know that companionship is deeper than that. What is important is that we are transparent, that we do not have shame in our nakedness or vulnerability. We want to be known and loved for who we are, so you have to be willing to reveal who you are. Some struggle with self-preservation or fear of rejection. If you struggle in these areas, a way you can work on this is to know that love always looks out for the interest of the other person. If you don't think your spouse is looking out for your best interests, guess what? Pay attention to how you can look out for the best interests of your spouse. Focus on that for a while and see where it leads you. Start with the little things. 
do what you can to not add to a wall of resentment. We want to deepen our emotional intimacy and not end up being roommates or business partners or taskmasters as we raise children and shuttle them to various activities. How many couples do you know who seem to fall apart when the children are raised? The bottom line is that this all begins with the choice to meet each other's emotional needs. We all have three basic needs according to Gary Chapman. First, to feel loved. You want to know that your spouse genuinely cares about your well-being. Number two, the need to feel respected for your personhood, intellect, abilities, and personality. And number three, to feel appreciated, that your spouse values your contribution to your relationship. Focus on these needs and you will see your marriage thrive. There's much more in this book, but this is a great place to end. Build intimacy in your marriage, meet your partner's needs, and make your marriage great.